Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. This podcast is a Soul Fire production. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Unapologetic Woman. I am so excited to have you here, and I know I say that all the time, but I really, really am. I love having these moments and this free time to be able to talk to you and to share some thoughts and practical tips with you. It's just, it just, I feel like it's so important, and I just really, really enjoy this time. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Today's topic is something that I feel very strongly about. I see it all the time. I've done it. I'm sure you have too. We've all been in one role or the other, and it's something that we need to be mindful of. And today's episode is going to get a little deep. It's going to get a little honest. Well, not a little. It's going to be totally honest, but it's going to get very real about experiences that I've had and what that's led me to when it comes to talking about trust. So I want to start with asking you, do you trust yourself and think about that for a minute. Do you trust the decisions you're making? Do you trust what you said and how others are perceiving it is in alignment? And I'm asking this because it is directly related to how your team is engaged, how their morale is, how they are productive, how they're innovative. All of this is related to how you actually trust yourself. And let me explain that a little bit more. Typically, when we think about trust, we think about it as the external that, you know, I don't trust somebody else. And there's people around me that I don't know if I can open up to. But I want to talk about this from a perspective about how this is impacting your business. How is this impacting you as you're building your team and growing? Now, you've spent your you know, years and just building your baby. This is, this is your baby. This is building your business and making sure that it's thriving, which it is today. And as you're doing that, you feel very protective over it and you've been in the weeds, you've done everything. So you're starting to build and bring on a team that's going to help you in growing your business. But this is something that you've been attached to from, of course, the conception it's yours. And so as you're bringing on team members, this is something and that, you know, all of us have experienced at some point, and that is really thinking about trust. And we may question and ask ourselves, like, do I trust this person? Are they really going to do what I want them to do? And I'm constantly going to be worrying that they're not going to be able to do the quality of work that I expect. And I'm just going to be stressed out. So let me just do it. I'll I'll just get involved. And you know what? Let me just sit with them in the meetings. Let me just sit with them as they're working on it. Let me just check in on them. Let me have them submit it to me all the time. 
wow, right? That energy is a lot. And you didn't hire somebody to babysit them because then the whole purpose of hiring someone is so that you have the freedom to go do what you love, so that you have the freedom to actually start growing in different ways that you've been dreaming about scaling. It's like the next level of your business. But with having this mindset of, I can't let this go, I can't trust anybody, even though I'm bringing them in, is to be honest, the mindset of a micromanager. And what happens when you are micromanaging your team? Well, this is something that I can say that has happened to me when I used to work in corporate and I had former bosses. And, you know, for the most part, I will say that I've had incredible mentors, incredible bosses that I'm so grateful for. And I also want to mention that having wonderful bosses to show you and role model what it means. And I should actually correct myself because bosses are, I would correct it to leaders and having incredible leaders to role model what it's like to be in a position of leadership is fantastic, but it's also just as great, not in the moment, but in hindsight, it is just as great to have really, really horrible leaders. And the reason I say that is because you remember how it feels to be in that position, being led by someone who is hovering over you, who's helicoptering you, who is micromanaging you. And that feeling is something that stays with you, at least it stayed with me, and I know that. And you don't want to do that to anybody else. You know how it what it does to your confidence. I mean, I can tell you that when a micromanager is coming from a good place, but they're just, you know, not wanting to let go. And so they're questioning if they can trust this person or if they can just do the work themselves. Well, what that does to the teammates is that they literally start thinking, wow, this person's constantly double checking my work. So now I'm questioning myself. Like I've noticed my confidence has significantly reduced since I started working here. How is that possible? Like, I know, I know this work. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know this work. I've been doing this work for years. I mean, I think I know how to do it. Well, okay, let me just ask my peers to triple check it. Let me call my friends after work who are in my same line and tell them what's going on and making sure that I can do this. Like, can I do this? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there is something else going on. Ugh, damn, she's in my head. She doesn't leave. I feel like I'm spending more time worrying about if this is exactly the way that she wants me to do it versus focusing on the outcome and the product itself. I feel like I'm not able to work in my natural state. And so now I'm just paranoid. I'm working more hours. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to go into work. I'm having, I'm, I'm just, I just, my energy's depleted. I can't talk to her because I don't know how she'll react. I'm going to just start looking for another job. That is verbatim thoughts that I have had when I've had somebody micromanaging me. And it has sucked. It has literally broken my confidence. It's made me feel scared the next time I'm entering a new job. It's made me nervous about every competency that I have. And I feel embarrassed. I felt shame. And again, this isn't something necessarily that's being done on purpose, but this is the impact that micromanaging has on your team. I want to share with you a story specifically that I remember about feeling this way. And it's, to be honest, it was it was a former 
boss of mine who really made me feel like the worst employee. And it was one of my lowest points um, and probably one of the major reasons that I actually left my corporate job so I can support women in incredible ways to become badass leaders and to become unapologetic. And when I say unapologetic, I mean that they can own up to it when saying like, hey, I struggle with this and I'm going to need you to call me out on it because I know this is a blind spot of mine. And I consider that to be unapologetic. So this is a time where I remember that when I had a boss who would interrupt, you know, each one of me and my peers in meetings because our personal notes were not aligned with how she writes her personal notes. So she literally would stop us and be like, oh, I, I just, you know, saw your notes. And again, these are notes that are not being shared with anybody else. They are literally my notes for me to reference after the meeting, but yet they weren't written in the way that she wanted them written. So in her mind, I wouldn't remember it. And so more effort was gone into being constantly conscious of that. Or, you know, this time where I was working on a program and she would hover over every single decision and I felt stifled. And what happened was that I was so worried and stressed about her presence and that every decision had to be run by her And I had to triple check with her and that I lost the confidence that I was able to trust myself, that I was able to make decisions about a program that I have led multiple times to work that I have done for many years. However, because of this relationship and this tension, I made more mistakes And I was so worried about making mistakes that I made even more mistakes. And that would create an energy in this vicious cycle of her hovering over me more often because it's like as much as I was trying to do, you know, what I could, but having someone that is micromanaging can literally mess with your team's mindset and their own confidence. And again, the whole purpose of bringing somebody on is so that you can leverage their talent to work on what you need them to do so you can focus on the other things that are gonna help your business grow. And I remember a couple of times where she would uh, have gone for like, um, you know, a work meeting or a work trip and it would be gone for a week. And during that time, I was flourishing. I was making decisions. I was having great meetings. I was able to, you know, build stronger relationships. I was doing everything she wanted me to do. And I was being able to do it in my own way with, you know, but really aligning with that ultimate vision and that goal. So that target goal that we had was done, was on point, but I had the freedom and the flexibility to get there how I needed to get there for myself. And in that was able to also create and ideate a little bit more and and innovate a little bit better. And what would happen is she'd come back and we'd be like, wow, when I'm not around, you're actually doing really well and you're making all these great decisions and the product's actually, the program's running really well. And you would think that in that moment, there would be this connection about the self-awareness connection that how interesting when I'm not around, you actually perform better. So it's not about the fact that the person that you have to be absent, but it's about giving them a little bit of that freedom, getting a little bit hands off. So here's the thing. It's not that her ability to change that micromanaging style is coming because there's actually a competency issue or anything like that. It's coming from a place where she doesn't trust herself and she's not even aware of it. And truth be told, I don't think it's necessarily coming from a malicious place. I actually don't believe that. When 
we can put ourselves in the shoes of somebody else and understand like, why is this person hovering over me? Why is someone trying to control every single decision I make? Well, that gives you a lot more answers about where they are in their journey, where they are in their emotional awareness and how they respond to things because of the way that they may have be, they may be seeing the world, the narrative that they're holding about the world, the perception that they're having is coming from this place of lack of trust within themselves. And because of that, they then create this place where they have a hard time of relinquishing control. And that is where you bear the brunt of it. So again, I don't think that it's coming from any kind of a malice thought. However, there's a couple of things to learn from this. And you know what? Like I've been there too. Like I thought I was being such a great leader at one point and I was incredibly excited about the work and I wanted to see what everyone was producing and not because I didn't trust their work, but because I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel needed. And this comes from, you know, my deep wound that I need to overcome. And that is to feel validated and feel seen by the world that, hey, you know what? I know what I'm doing and I'm an expert too. And I, I, I want to be seen as that. And I can own that. I can totally own that. But I've noticed that when I was working with my team, what that did to them and they felt smothered and stifled. And I was like, wait a second, this is not going to be conducive to this environment. And I need to keep myself in check. So working on my own emotional awareness has been a key part of making sure that there's a strong dynamic in the team and that I'm not micromanaging because that's, again, remembering how I feel and how I felt is how I don't want to make somebody else feel. So there's a couple of things that are happening, right, in this is that on the one hand, We've been doing the work and we've been in a position for a very long time. We've been growing this business. We have a formula, we have a framework, and it's it's just, it's what's gotten us to the success that we have in our business. And of course, when we bring somebody else on, we want them to follow that framework. We want them to follow that formula because it's working. So why shift? But they decide that you know, yes, they're following that framework, but they're going to add a little bit extra of themselves into it. And it freaks you out, makes you nervous. And you're like, no, 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 no. That's not how you do it. Well, of course, because this work is second nature, it's your business. But when you're moving into a new role, like a leadership role, and you're allowing somebody else to take on the work that you need them to do so you can continue growing, it also means giving them the freedom to find new, fresh ideas and free, free, um, thinking to create a new formula, potentially something that could work even bigger and better. And what's happening here is that because you've been in the thick of things for so long, it's really hard to detach. You have to disconnect with the fact that you did this work and you're now not going to be in necessarily direct contact with this part of the work. It's going to be hard. You're going to miss it. And the thing is that, you know, I compare it to a parent, a parent who leaves their baby for the first time and wants to catch them at every step, you know, and like a kid who may come home and say that, you know, I had a really hard time with drawing this or, you know, making a cooking something. And the parent just takes over and is like, okay, don't worry about it. I got it for you. I did it for you. I'll do it for you. What are they doing in that moment? They're smothering them. They're not giving them the opportunity to fail, to grow, and to learn to depend on themselves and to know that they have the opportunity to figure it out. And the thing is that the parent wants to be there because they want to protect the kid. And similarly, you as the owner, the founder, the CEO, 
you know, the leader, you want to protect your business and you want to protect them from making failures and making steps that make, you know, cause issues. But the thing is that you're not going anywhere. You're not leaving you're still there. You may not be doing the day-to-day work that they're now hired to do, but you're coaching them, you're guiding them, and you're going to lead them to grow and be a part of that success. And what's going to help them is knowing that, you know, you're there to catch them when they need you, but you trust them to do the work that they've been brought on to do, that they can add value and feel confident that what they're producing is quality that you know you are going to respect because they care about that too. And the other part that is underlying all of this is, of course, it's fear and it's a difficulty of accepting that I'm not wanted, but you are. You you are the brains of this business. You are definitely wanted. It's just that your role is shifting and pivoting. So how do you work through that? How do you actually, you know, step away and when you catch yourself in that moment of micromanaging or you're noticing that the morale and the productivity and um, there's resentment growing in your team or that they're not they're not opening up to you anymore. They're not being as honest. Well, what's going on with there? It's because you need to start trusting yourself. And I know that's much easier said than done. But just listen to this for a moment. It's trusting that if I can build a business from the ground up and learn so many new things that I would have never known if I didn't start this business, then I know that I can trust that the people I bring on to help me will expand my business. And they're going to be the right person because I took the time in learning and preparing on how to do it. That I took the time to make sure and be clear that this person aligns with the leadership vision that we have for this business, that I even have clarity on what my leadership culture will look like. What type of an environment do I want to create and how? How do I create this? It's all by planning ahead, preparing yourself and investing in the growth of your business by actually designing your your leadership culture, your onboarding program, and making sure that you are constantly growing as a leader, that you are working on your self-awareness, you're growing your emotional intelligence. You are keeping your blind spots in check. It's how to, you know, coach well, you know, how to guide and how to delegate and how to have those difficult conversations. So, you know, ask yourself again, do you trust yourself? Do you believe that you, you, the person who built the business from the ground up can also learn to be a conscious leader? I 100% believe you can. I really do. Because as an unapologetic leader, you will make mistakes and you will potentially hover over someone because you're stressed out and that's your stress response. But you'll also catch yourself and you'll allow yourself to be called out that you'll welcome feedback as much as you give it. And you'll practice reframing your automatic thoughts of like, I don't think they'll understand what I want to you know what, I'm going to be very clear about what it is that I'm hoping to achieve. And we'll have a conversation around it to confirm that we're all in alignment on the same page. And I'll let them know that they can come to me when and if they need me. And I'm here for them, but I trust that they can do this. And I want you to acknowledge that you got this. You've built a great business and you're now just stepping into that next place where it's scary. And sometimes we take 
even more control and we hold on to things, something so tightly because it's scary to step into that next level where it's the unknown. So the comfortable and the comfort becomes easier to hold on to. And we don't want to let that go because now we're stepping into this new place with new ideas where there's going to be more mistakes and that vulnerability comes up again. So all of this is to say that we've all been micromanagers. We've all been micromanaged. We know how it feels. We know what it does to us. And as you're growing your team, it's to keep yourself in complete awareness of how am I showing up for them today? Is there something that I'm missing? Is there a blind spot that I have? Did I really think through my strategy for my leadership culture? Am I working on this daily? And you may think like, oh my gosh, this is so much work, but it's honestly the same thing that you've done over and over again. It's learning something new. It's applying and it's it's that curiosity that keeps you in the space of being an entrepreneur because you know you can do it. I know you can do it. And what it takes is some preparation, planning, working with somebody who can help you in navigating that that playbook that's going to give you all the strategies so that even though it may be a short time investment of time, but you're planning out something that's going to help you and leverage you for the long term. So my friends, I hope today you were able to get some great aha moments out of here, which is use your empathy in connecting with your team. Remember what it feels like to be in their position and acknowledge the fear that you have about moving into a new role that is just the unknown. And as you start to get familiar with it, things will ease up. So don't be hard on yourself. And that's something that comes with the territory. But ask yourself, do you trust yourself? And how is this impacting my relationship with my team or the people that I want to bring onto my team? Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.